Governor, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Wayne. Well, obviously the big story of the week is what happened down in Texas. Just overall, your reaction to it and what we can do to maybe prevent this to stop, continue happening. Eerily similar to Sandy Hook, which took place almost um, 10 years ago to the month. And um, what I've got to do is give uh, teachers and parents and kids confidence. We can keep schools safe. We have extra uh, patrols there. Uh, We have extra counselors in the hallways just to give people confidence schools are safe. And you've also directed flags to half staff in honor of the victims of that mass shooting in Texas. Just uh, the, that's just a national effort, of course. But uh, thoughts about that? That this should not stand. That uh, flags at half mast around the country are a reminder that, um, uh, sadly, this is a place where America is unique in these um, mass shootings, and it's not going to happen. We've got to find a way to get these guns out of these madmen's hands. You tweeted after the Buffalo incident over the weekend, there's no better way to show support for Mental Health Awareness Month than by highlighting how we take mental health and well-being seriously in Connecticut. Our recently passed budget expands these critical services to kids and families across our state. Now, there are some who basically pin all these shootings on mental health alone, but it's more than just that. No, there's been a ramp up in shootings and mass shootings um, all around the country in all 50 states. Um, I think some of it is related to people coming out of COVID, no question. We're just doubling down our efforts in our schools and our high schools, counselors. That's our earning warning system to help these kids uh, stay on track. And reiterate for us that Connecticut has some of the toughest gun laws in the nation. Well, Wayne, uh, now that we have some of the toughest gun laws, um, uh, that kid who went to Buffalo, um, he would not have been able to buy that AR-15 in the state of Connecticut. And hopefully our red flag laws might have picked this up. But, um, look, it's it's dangerous out there, and I think we ought to be very strict on the illegal guns, in particular the ghost guns, because they're meant to kill. And along the same lines, uh, you've signed legislation strengthening hate crime investigations by the Connecticut State Police. What does that entail? That entails, Wayne, that uh, the number of crimes related to race or ethnicity are up. And these um, these criminals who um, sometimes leave uh, an online trail uh, in social media. So we're finding that this crime unit um, is something that can share information with other um, databases around the region. We might be able to pick up uh, some of these uh, shooters earlier. And speaking of crime, one thing that's kind of exploded in the last couple of months has been the theft of catalytic converters. And I think I speak for people who start to get concerned about, can I park my car outside overnight? Can I come, will I come out in the morning? Will the car work? But you've signed legislation to crack down on that. How so? So, Wayne, um, it's too easy to fence this stuff, by which I mean resell it. Uh, and uh, what we're trying to do is kill the resale market, in this case for catalytic converters, so that if you're an um, um, auto repair place and somebody comes in with a one-off uh, catalytic converter, you got to figure out who this person is, get that contact information, find out if there's a serial number on it. We're really trying to shut down the market for catalytic converters to keep your cars safe. 
And, of course, speaking of cars, we have the gas price situation. I guess that as far as we are concerned in the state, nothing's changed. But, again, as I've told you each time for the last couple of months that we've talked, that uh, when I travel out of state, it's real sticker shock. That that $0.25 excise tax removed from the Connecticut gas pumps does make a difference. But is there anything else at this point in time that's being talked about to try to ease the pain at the pump? We, we got in place the third state in the country to get the gas tax cut. We got it, the price of gas went down to about $4, but it spiked back up again. Look, the long-term solution is they're going to get more um, gas product on the uh, markets very soon, um, coming out of the western United States, coming out of uh, some other countries. I don't know if we're going to get more out of Saudi and Russia, but that's where you need. That's how you bring down the price long-term. And you also tweeted, speaking of energy, that Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm's visit to Connecticut last Friday was timely. We're acting decisively to secure a clean, affordable energy future in our state, one that prevents temperatures and costs from climbing even higher. Our electric grid will soon be carbonless, and our transportation system will follow suit. She promoted energy independence on this stop. Tell me more about your visit with the Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm. Yeah, she's quite extraordinary, and she's come up and taken an interest in Connecticut a couple of times, uh, in and around hydrogen power and now wind power. So she really wanted to come to New London, see the state pier, which is a well under construction now. And this is our building block to a carbon-free future. Just as importantly, I'm sick of having all of our gas prices determined by some uh, dictator in uh, the Middle East. Wind power and our nuclear power means we control our own energy destiny. And what's the role these new M8 electric trains play on that? They've now arrived on Shoreline East. Shoreline East. So these uh, M8s are um, a lot more comfortable, a lot faster, a lot quieter, and zero carbon emissions. So as I joke, when I was age of eight, I used to talk about electric trains, and six years later, I'm still doing it. I have to admit, Governor, I thought the same thing when I heard that story, and I flash back to my days as a kid in Southern California for me, it was Lionel. What was it for you? I remember Lionel pretty well. Because some of my friends had HO gauge, so they weren't all Lionel. But, man, I had the smoke pellets. You put those in the uh, the, the smokestack of the, the engine, and you had the flat car that would tilt up on its side, and the logs would roll off. You had all little houses and the crossing guards and things like that. It was a lot of fun back in the day. And Did you get a chance to actually ride on the train, the M8? I have not done that yet. I, I'm looking forward to it, though. And we're also going to get, um, you know, very fastest Internet service there, 5G as well. So you'll be able to work and speed in that train. During the week, you announced that Connecticut received a credit rating upgrade from S&P, Standard & Poor's. What does that mean for us, especially when it comes to taxpayers? Is that going to actually have an effect on what we do economically? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um it's our second upgrade in a row. What it means is two things. In a micro sense, it brings down our cost of borrowing so it'll save um, our taxpayers you know, millions of dollars. But really, the bigger picture is it's a bumper sticker. It says Connecticut's um, getting its fiscal act uh, together, our fiscal house in order. And when Standard & Poor's uh, gives you at least an upgrade in outlook like they have, um, that's a good um, green light. You know, we started doing these interviews about two years ago when the pandemic started, and, well, it's still out there. In fact, the hospitalizations are as high as they've been in May. 
They had an additional three yesterday, up to 383. It's the highest we've had in the hospitals since the big spike in January. And uh, the positivity rates come down a smidge in the last couple of days, but it's still in double digits. Uh, you have anything down the road? I mean, the, the, from what I understand, that this uh, BA2 variant is not covered by the boosters. It is not as effectively covered by the boosters. It still uh, works, but... You know, here's what we learned. You're right, the infection rate is elevated, but it's beginning to flatten the curve. Remember that old phrase? Well, I think it's on its on its way down. Again, if you're older, you live with folks who are older, you have a pre-existing condition, You maybe you haven't had your booster um, uh, in six months or so, this is a time for you to um, be forewarned and take care of those things. You've got the ability to keep yourself safe now. And I can also tell a personal story about that for the people who say, oh, the pandemic is over, I'll run around and I won't wear masks and things like that. I've talked about it quite a bit on the air that my niece in San, San Diego is not just long COVID. She's got something more unusual and something more severe called post-COVID POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And she's gone from being a world-class athlete to being disabled probably for life. She's in a wheelchair now. Well, her brother, Cole, went to a junior prom in San Diego on Saturday. And now he's tested positive for COVID. So maybe just a couple of words for the governor's chair about people being safe, especially when they go to some of these year-end school parties and proms. Look, uh, it's been a long couple of years, and you're looking forward to a prom as much as I was many years ago, and that you can do it. You can do it safely. I would just you know, urge your friends, if they're feeling symptomatic, if they feel like they may have a, a bad cold or come, coming on, Please get tested. You just don't want one typhoid Mary going into a prom and, and ruining it for everybody. We know how to do it safely and have some fun as well. You've also launched an application process for Community Investment Fund 2030 to foster economic development in historically underserved communities. Tell me more about that. Uh, the Community Investment Fund allocates the significant resources for people, for example, who want to start up a business. And uh, not, you don't have to start up a business in Silicon Valley. Start it up in your own uh, local community where you know the neighbors, you know the consumers really well. And that's how you bring these uh, particularly underserved communities back to life, you know, one store front at a time. And next week, people, families can apply for the 2022 Connecticut Child Tax Rebate. How does that work? Uh, that works. Um, you've got another month to uh, go register. Go right to early childhood website. Uh, what it works is uh, if you've had, um, you know, one kid, you're eligible for a $250 rebate. That check will come to you um, sometime in the middle of the summer. And that's good for up to three uh, children under the age of 18 you're taken care of. That would be $750. And I think the message is um, uh, we know what's going on with inflation. We know how it's squeezed in the middle class. We're doing what we can to help. And you have not been shy about visiting Eastern Connecticut from time to time. And after we talked two weeks ago, you took a trip to Basra, and you said, incredible seeing how eggs are gathered, sorted, and packaged at New England's largest egg farm, Hillendale Farms in Basra. Then you said, did you know our CT Difference budget invests $14 million to support climate-smart farming practices, climate resiliency, and agricultural innovation? Tell me more about your visit to the egg farm. Well, first of all, we have the uh, biggest egg farm in New England right there in Basra. 
Uh, it's incredible how technically advanced it is right now. Eggs um, flow right down the conveyor boat. They're clean. They're washed. They're put in, sighted. Um, that's extraordinary. They are expanding. One of the things they have a problem with is what to do with all the um, chicken crap. Sorry, that's what it is. And uh, they've now got a way that they're able to uh, recycle that so you don't spread it all over the uh, fields, which seems to deplete a lot of the phosphorus. They have a better way to treat it. So progress being made on that front as well as it is being made in energy legislation. You signed a key climate change and energy legislation codifying into law your 2040 zero carbon target and expanding existing renewable energy programs. That's still 18 years away, but what are your long-term goals for that program? Um, uh, our zero-carbon future is achievable, um, mainly because the private sector is taking the lead on this. On our electric grid, Wayne, right now we're uh, well over 65 70% is um, non-carbon electricity. And once we get the wind power on over the next two or three years, we'll be at 92%. We'll be a leader around the country. So... That's what we priority number one. Then we've got some catching up to do in the transportation sector because they're the internal combustion engine is still preeminent. But that world is moving all electric over the next 15 years as well. So some good news, but also some sad news we've talked about this morning. And, and one problem that we've had of late is too many reasons to lower flags. Here this week, we're lowering the flags in honor of the Texas school shooting. And two weeks ago, you lowered flags in remembrance of the one million American lives lost to COVID-19. And we certainly had over 10,000 people have lost their lives here in Connecticut as well. Hopefully we can stop needing all these flag lowering. However, where I'm going with that is that two weeks ago, I had your Commissioner of Public Health on the air, Manisha Jutani. And I just want you to say a couple of words about her because I was really impressed with her. It's the first time I had a chance to talk to her, and I think she's doing a really good job. No, thank you. Um, you know, Manisha, um, epidemiologist uh, right out of uh, Yale um, Medical, knows her stuff. And as we moved from uh, the um, pandemic phase of uh, COVID more to endemic, a little different skill set, how we can make sure that if we get hit again, uh, we can protect ourselves uh, robustly, but in the meantime, how we get back uh, about our lives. And Manisha's got the right balance there. Can we look into the governor's calendar? What's on your agenda for today? Anything, any big news announcements coming out for today? Well, we have our final bond commission meeting, uh, that's for sure. Uh, and that um, includes um, a lot for transportation and finishing off state peers. So that's probably the biggest issue of the day. Governor, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for checking in this morning. Great talking to you, Wayne. Take care. That's Governor Ned Lamont on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.